My name is Johnny Tai, totally blind, partially deaf. Martial artist based in Canada. I'm 35 years old, and I have been fortunate to compete for Canada and took silver medal in the World Self Defense Division. I have been teaching martial art for most of my adult life, and recently I realized that there are many, many blind people that either can't find a gym to practice out of, or just can't afford self-defense and martial art training. So that's why I started the Night Strike movement. At Night Strike, we aim to provide advocacy for blind individuals who wish to get into martial art and fitness. We realize very soon into the effort that we need a lot of funding, a lot of support, and in fact, we run six to seven all-day seminars for blind individuals every year. And these seminars are usually funded by the community. With more funding, with more resources, we will be able to reach out to more blind individuals and give them the kind of support that every person needs to reach independence, confidence, and gain empowerment through fitness and martial art. Welcome back to the Johnny Tiger Experience, episode 14. Today's quote: "You cannot belong to anyone else until you belong to yourself." I am Johnny Tiger, and this is my universe. <laughs>
Soaked through my T-shirt. I just finished teaching the evening class. I was tired. I was cranky and was very, very hungry. You can say I was hangry. The last meal I ate was about eight o'clock in the morning.、Uh, now I don't want to give you guys a wrong impression that I don't have money for food. Although sometimes it certainly seems that way, but.、Um, I generally don't eat lunch、uh, because when I eat lunch, I can't work properly. I、uh, start getting drowsy, and、uh, when you're when you're working with someone who's depressed or some、uh, bipolar patient,、uh, the last thing you want to do is、uh, start snoring you know, in the middle of them talking to you. So, anyway. Uh, after work, I didn't really stop to eat anything. I just went directly to the martial arts studio to Richmond Martial Arts, where I、uh, had to、uh, help with the Krav、uh, Maga program.、Uh, sometimes, if I think of it ahead of time, I keep some energy bar on my person, but this time I didn't. I got home,、uh, was tired, angry, hangry. Looking forward to my dinner, even though it wasn't anything、uh, all that good. Because at evenings like this, when I have to work late, I generally don't cook anything creative. I、uh, generally get some of the like frozen vegetables or stuff like that, and、uh, something I can cook really, really fast. If not,、uh, 
uh, frozen pizza or something like that where I can just do it in the oven. Anyway. So, there I was in the kitchen uh, after feeding the cat. Lucky beast, always get to eat first. Uh, heating up uh, some water on the stove. Throwing in a can of cream of mushroom soup. Uh, at the same time, talking to Liz on the phone while the rice was cooking in the rice cooker. I mean, everything was proceeding very, very well as, uh, by this point. I was thinking, man, in another 10 minutes, I will have dinner ready. I went into the freezer, took out the bag of frozen vegetable and meat. It was one of those... Uh, Stouffer's satay sensation, frozen meal kind of deal. Uh, so, what my plan was to pour the whole thing into the soup mixture, cover it up, let it cook, and ten minutes later, it will. I will have a have a very nice, uh, creamy, uh, uh, well, slop <laughs> that I could eat with the rice. So, I did say, at this time, I was very hungry, very frustrated, very cranky, and balancing the phone on my shoulder, trying to keep on the conversation, I opened, I ripped open the bag of frozen uh, stuff, and upended it into the pot. By the time I realized what it was, it was too late. I ended up with a big pot full of frozen blueberries floating in my cream of mushroom soup. Oh, f me. God damn mother f stupid sh I hate being blind. I hate, I hate this. Now can anyone tell me what recipe I can do with cream of mushroom and frozen blueberry? For those of you who heard episode 11 would remember that I said something to the effect that I don't handle boredom very well. In fact, when I get bored, or uh, when I have too much time on my, on my hand, I find weird things to amuse myself with. Um, and also, for those who listened to the DIY uh, 101 that episode will remember uh, there was some really strange thing going on with uh, when I was testing out the homemade strike pad. Well, in fact, what I did was for part of the striking, I added a bit of echo. I uh, didn't really pay much attention to what I was doing at the time, but afterward, I went back and listened to it and I thought, whoa, this sound badass. Like, totally, it's like, I was a character from the Tekken video game or something. I thought, hmm, so what if I do a, a whole segment on something like that? Like, doing some, well, playing with some sound magic. So I grabbed my recorder, went to the studio, and did uh, a bit of back work, and uh, uh, punching, kicking, and stuff like that, recorded that, and then uh, played around with effects and echo and 
you are going to hear the result of that. It's a Johnny Tiger Tekken style. It's really, really awesome. Um, so the clip you are going to hear, uh, the first half will be the unedited uh, punching, kicking, back work. Uh, it's going to be uh, about, I guess, 1.5, like one and a half minute of stand-up MMA style striking uh, with uh, punching combos, elbows, knees, and roundhouse kicks. And then you will hear three uh, throws, three different throws, and then a takedown and ground and pound. Uh, and then the next part is uh, all more unconventional karate and uh, kung fu, primarily snake and mantis style striking. Ending with two very quick Mantis style uh, quick strikes. And then you will hear a transition sound and then the same clip all over again, but this time with echoes and effects. This, this, this is really cool. Um, I've done it in a way that if you pay attention, you should be able to even make out when I do what. Uh, uppercut will be. Uh, will be followed with a, like a whooshing kind of a wind, airborne kind of sound, uh, and uh, the very like the kicks would have very low bassy kind of echo. Uh, those are a little bit harder to make out because uh, the kicks and the my body punches sound very very similar. But anyway, this is just uh, something I amused myself with, and I thought it would be kind of cool for people to uh, hear. Uh, the kind of magic you can do with audio editing uh, to transform some regular punches and kicks into something uh, very, very impressive. I wish I truly sound that impressive. Like, whenever I punch someone in a sparring or in a fight, I always wish it would be so nice if when I punch him, it does that loud, echoey uh, sound. I mean, it does in my head, but yeah, I mean. It, it never sounds quite that badass.
obviously, I'm Johnny Tiger. Before we play this week's diary entry, um, I want to quickly explain the uh, intro <laughs> to this episode. Why we had a weird Star Wars kind of robotic sound effect. As some of you may be able to tell, I got the flu, and you know I just don't sound very good. And yeah, even though now I can really carry off the deep, deep voice that Johnny Tiger should always have, but uh, uh, I thought, yeah, I try to talk as little as I can. Uh, until this is passed.、Uh, so this following clip was recorded、uh, in 2015,、uh, about a week before my filming trip to Taiwan. How many of you would know what it's like to wake up in the morning, and before you even have breakfast, your first phone call involved your father telling you that you're simply not good enough. Started、uh, reasonable enough, talking about what he'd been up to on Facebook. As some of you might have seen,、uh, my father has been writing his autobiography on Facebook and has quite a huge following,、uh, over a thousand friends, in fact. So we were talking about that and talking a little bit about uh, uh, filming in Taiwan next week. Uh, things were going okay. The conversation was mutually satisfactory, and then, out of the blue, he started in on me. He said,、uh, "He said, 'You and your brothers need to learn from me. None of you are as good as I am. None of you are as good as I ever was.'" Me, be meaning him. I've only learned computer since February this year from someone who has no experience with computer whatsoever. And now I have my own Facebook following. I have my autobiography. I have my following, and you guys been using computer ever since you were growing up. How many friends do you have? You guys are doing this wrong. You guys don't know what you're doing. I have so many friends in such a short time. 
Let's just prove that it can be done. You guys are just not trying hard enough. And then he went on telling me, he said, So, you're doing okay? You're, you know, you think you're doing fine with the, uh, uh, getting the medal and uh, being a good athlete and uh, you're, you're, you're working and you're, you even have your own film, but do you think that's good enough? I'm telling you, that's not good enough. You're not making money. You're barely on above poverty line. You're 33 years old. When I was 33 years old, I already was bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars every evening. So what you're doing, you can't be satisfied with it. You can't think that what you're doing is good enough because it's not. I'm telling you. And this is basically what he went on and told me how I wasn't good enough and how I have to do better for the next hour. It doesn't matter to him that the 97% of blind people in Canada who can't even find job. It doesn't matter to him that I'm working about three jobs, filming, counseling, teaching martial art. It doesn't matter how hard I'm working to stay afloat. It doesn't matter to him that how difficult it can be living on your own in a foreign country and when you have a uh, not even not just one disability but multiple disability it doesn't matter a tidbit to him that I have to spend three to four hours a day on public transit just to get to work get home get grocery get things done it doesn't matter to him that I had to struggle to put myself through university to get to where I am today. None of this matters to him. None of this seems to be good enough, ever. I know this is coming across as a bit of a rant, and I guess it is. Uh, and yet, I think I'm doing this mostly so you guys understand. What kind of family I walked away from. So you guys understand why I am the way I am and why I feel the way I feel about my parents. All the time we were growing up, this is the kind of encouragement my father would give us. And our mothers never tried to stop him. Our mothers never try to comfort us. The times when I thought the old childhood hatred had been left behind, I thought I, I'm able to forgive him. The times when I think that I can take him just as he is, the times when I admire him but there are times like this where I can say that I really hate him thank you father thank you for ruining 
by Saturday. The Johnny Tiger Experience podcast will be back shortly after this well-deserved break. When the game of life makes you feel like quitting, it helps a lot if you kill a kitten. Mark my words, cause from where I'm sitting, you can't go wrong if you kill a kitten.
So, being humble. This here is the thing. When I grew up in the Chinese culture, I grew up in Taiwan. Well,、uh, I spent my early childhood in Taiwan. And in case if you don't know, in the Chinese culture, being humble is a virtue.、Uh, being humble is a drill. It it is it. it, it It's ingrained into us from a very, very, very early age. Any accomplishment you have, anything that you do well, you have to、uh, belittle that. You have, you have to nullify it.、Uh, so people say, "Oh, you're so good looking," and you say, "No, no, 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 no. My nose is too big. No, no, no. I, I, I think I'm kind of ugly. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like. I, I, I'm too fat." You know, and people say, "Wow, you you sound so good. You you your your music is so you're so talented." And you have to say, "No, no, no, thank you, no."、Um, it's it, no, it, it's just a, you know, ju- just a, a, a nothing. It's nothing. You know, I just messing around. You know, <laughs> you just, you know, and we were taught to do this because in the Chinese、uh, culture, it's a virtue.、Uh, it's virtue also to be humble. Uh, you should never acknowledge your own accomplishment or your your own greatness. Now, then I came to Canada, and suddenly there's this very different culture of you should feel proud of what you do. You should acknowledge what you do yourself. It's good if you do good work. You do good work. You know, be humble. But like, in fact, when I first came to Canada, and someone once said to me, "Wow, you're so good at math." And I said, no, no, I'm not that good. It, no, it, 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 I'm just so-so. And the person got mad at me. Why are you being so fake? Why, why, why are you like, you no, know, you, you are clearly good at math, and you're saying you're not. You know, you're not being honest. You're being fake. And I, it, I was dumbfounded when the person got mad at me. And、uh, so that's when I started seeing that. In North America or in a lot of Western culture, there is a saying that you, you know, pride and stuff like that actually being seen as a, a virtuous. That you are taking pride in your work and, and and stuff like that. And then during my teenage year, I went through a period of time of becoming a Christian. <laughs> and then I'm being taught again, in like you know, in in. in Christian, like you have to be humble. Everything belongs to the Lord. You know, oh, your great achievement is because of the Lord. And so, I was getting all turned around. I was like, okay, so first I was taught to be humble, and then I was taught to feel pride,、uh, have pride in my work, and be proud of myself. And then I'm being taught that I should be humble again. So, what exactly should I do? So. I think that what that resulted in is today, I'm very uncomfortable when someone compliment me. I never know what to say. I don't want to say.、Uh, I don't want to do the old being humble thing because I'm.、Uh, I don't want people to think I'm faking it,、uh, and I don't want to say, oh yeah yeah, you know I am, you know I'm one of the. Greatest martial artist out there, you know. I won this medal, and you know it was a lot of hard work and stuff like that. You know, I don't want to say that because I would come across as arrogant and cocky and just annoying. So, 
most of the time when someone compliments me on something, I just smile and oh, thanks. Uh, something really kind of short and brusque, and and people think I'm not being friendly. <laughs> so it's like there's no no way to win this. When the one you love is not around to take care of you, what do you do? You do it yourself. That's what. Welcome to DIY One O War. Okay, guys. A、uh, quick little DIY.、Uh, technically, it could have been in the cooking section too, but、uh, anyway,、uh, a lot of you should probably know this already. But just in case you never thought of it or never uh, have uh, tried this, here's the thing: when I like to buy、uh, four liter jugs of milk or soy milk or whatever I like to like. Those are the big four-liter pails, but when they are done with these things, these pails take up a lot of room in the trash.、Uh, no matter if you recycle, throw them in the recycle or garbage, they take up massive tons of room、uh, because they are poofy. <laughs> They're pretty big. So, I mean, people say you can squash them, but there's only so much they are going to squash. I'm, Unless you just put them on the ground and just hop it up, hop up and down on them for a while, but even then they tend to want to return to their original shape after a while and、uh, take up a lot of room in your garbage. So here is the solution.、Uh, of course, you can take a big pair of scissors to cut them apart, but that's a lot of work.、Uh, this is a lot simpler. What I do is I fill it with the hottest water I can get, like maybe. Uh, I turn the tap on hot and leave it for a while, and then fill the jug with that really scalding hot water. Now we let it sit there for about five minutes, and we dump all the water. Now right away, you are going to notice that it feels really soft. It's really malleable when it's nice and warm and hot like this. Now, now is the time you can squash it down while it's still warm, and when it's、uh, if it's hot enough, you can actually roll it up into a tiny, tiny ball. Yeah, have you done it? While it's still soft and warm, before the.、Uh, Plastic hardens again, and just squish it in and roll it up. By doing that, I was able to、uh, squish this into something smaller than my hand, and doesn't hardly take up any room in the trash at all.、Um, If you don't want to use hot water, you can also use a hair dryer. It you just run the hair dryer over it for a while, and it will、uh, soften the plastic enough for you to accomplish exactly the same thing. And the best part is, it will stay in that shape. 
whatever shape you roll it up into while it's uh, warm. It won't poof back to its original size then and uh, take up room in the garbage. By doing that, I can fit probably 10 of these milk jugs in a regular sized garbage can where normally I'd be lucky if I could get two of them in there. There is your DIY of the day. Talk to you guys later. Blades 101, where plastic bottles meet their doom. Alright guys, here's another Blaze 101 little common sense tip on knives. Now it's kind of sounds kind of ridiculous that we, uh, I feel the need to post this one because it should be really common sense but I've been surprised way too many times by people who don't know how to hand over a knife uh, when, when they're passing the knife on. So let's just go over the basics. So first we are talking we are going to talk about a single blade knife, a single edge knife. Because the technique for handing these knives over are actually different. A lot of people know when you hand someone the knife you hand them handle first. Well that's that's good. <laughs> that's all well and good. Uh, some people don't even know that and some people forget that. I remember I was uh, in the kitchen cooking dinner with my girlfriend once and I, was, uh, so I said to her, uh, can, can I have the uh, cleaver? I need to uh, cut this. <laughs> she, next thing I knew is because uh, the knife was coming at me point first. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and she was like, whoops, so sorry, I forgot. <laughs> and so, you know, totally be careful with that because you, you're, you don't want to accidentally murder your partner uh, in the kitchen. I have to explain that to the cops. Uh, so, let's establish that. No matter what kind of knife you're handing over, it can be a pair of scissors. It have to be handled first. Now, a lot of people make the mistake of what, they, what they'll do is they'll turn the knife to point at themselves and then try to hand it over. Yes, handle first, but their own hands are still on the handle. What's going to happen here is, the person you're handing the knife to won't get a very good grip on it. Because unless you're handing them a really long-handled knife, your hand is still on the handle. Their hand is trying to get a perch on the handle. So what's quite commonly going to happen is, you let go before they get a firm grip and the knife slip and one of you get cut or it's going to drop onto one of your foot, especially if it's a heavy knife. So, some people are thinking, so if I don't hold onto the handle, do I grab the blade? Well, yes, but there's a way to do that. Uh, I've seen this done before too. Some people will wrap their hand around the uh, blade and hand the uh, handle over to their partner. 
this is extremely extremely dangerous don't do that because what's going to happen is here it's a knife I I'm holding onto the blade my hand very casually wrapped around the blade and then my partner grabs the handle and if they are in a hurry they pull the knife and next thing you know I'm bleeding everywhere because they just cut my palm from one side to the other wide open because I wrap my hand along the blade another scenario I grab the knife wrap my hand around the blade and assuming I'm passing it to someone who's not looking or someone who's blind they're feeling for the knife and they bump the knife while it's grasped like that what's going to happen is either cut my palm open or the tip of the knife is going to go right into my wrist neither either way it's not a good situation so proper way of handing over a single edge knife assuming I'm holding the knife and someone come over and say hey can I have that knife I'm going to let go with my uh, pinky ring and middle finger so the knife now is pinched between my thumb and forefinger and I'm going to roll the knife back so the spine of the blade rests on the web between my thumb and forefinger the point of the knife is pointing at me but over my wrist so if the person bumps the knife the knife is not going to hit me at all if the, if the person grabs the knife and pull it won't cut me at all so I'm holding at the base of the blade where the blade meets the, uh, the, the, the handle of the knife commonly called the tang my forefinger and thumb pinching the tang of the knife and the spine of the knife is resting along the web between my thumb and uh, forefinger so the knife is laying on the back of my hand pretty much with the handle presented towards the person this way there's no chance of them damaging me and if they decide oh no I don't need the knife after all all I have to do is roll the knife back into my hand and this can be all be accomplished one-handed give me the knife I roll the knife out of my hand lay it along the back of my hand pinch the base of the knife here you go oh sorry I don't need it anymore okay I just roll the knife back into my hand very delicate very eloquent and very safe this is how you hand over a single edge knife with class now what do you how do you hand over a double edge knife well in the first place I'm not quite sure why you would because a double edge knife the only purpose is fighting you don't use a double edge knife in the kitchen you don't use a double edge knife for work so I really can't quite see why you would hand over a double edge knife unless you're handing it over to the policeman in which case you wouldn't pull the knife out of the sheath don't ever pull the knife out of the sheath and hand it to a cop you're going to get yourself shot if a cop asks do you have a knife just say it's on my belt near the back right pocket and keep your hand away from that 
they'll go get it themselves. Unless they expressively tell you, take it out slowly and hand it to me. And then you leave it in the sheath. Okay, a little bit of trivia. But okay, for argument's sake, let's say we got a double-edged knife here and you want to hand it over to your partner for some reason. Maybe you're uh, showing them your beautiful collection. Now, since the knife is double-edged, we can't roll it back to uh, rest on the web of our hand because there again, if they pull the knife, you're going to get sliced by the back edge. So in the case of a double-edged knife, I am, when, I'm, when if someone says, hey, can I see that knife? Sure. I'm going to walk my hand up the blade, so I'm pinching the point of the blade. And eat from the both sides of the knife, my so my thumb and forefinger basically pinch the blade the, uh, the point of the, the tip of the knife and present the hill to them. This way, if they push the knife, if uh, if they bump the knife, it's not going to stab me. If they pull the knife out of my hand, it's not going to cut me. And there he is, your blade 101 of the day. Always remember, when you are playing with knives, be responsible and be safe. Knives don't kill people. People kill people. When I was a teenager, we, that meaning me and my brothers, we played with a lot of BB guns. And back then, people didn't really make a big issue out of it. Uh, in Asian culture, such as Taiwan, we got to play with as many of them as we wanted. It wasn't really restricted or regulated. As long as we didn't break too many windows, we were well, we were doing okay. But eventually, uh, we either outgrew them or they outgrew us. I remember back then, at the near the end of our airsoft BB gun fun, uh, I saw at a BB gun. Uh, expo uh, or like a convention kind of deal uh, some of the more modern full auto machine gun style BB gun and I really really wanted them but alas my parents wouldn't let me have them so I said to myself one day I want one now as I grew up like so many of my childhood dreams, childhood promises to myself, the, uh, the thought of one day owning a full auto BB gun uh, became just another thing that got left in the recess of my mind. That garbage can where so many dreams and vows and promises were shelved. Until two years ago. I guess, on the one hand, I was looking for a new hobby. On the other hand, uh, in our Krav Maga program, we have been training with gun 
disarm and stu、uh, stuff like that a lot, and that brought、uh, guns or firearm back into my focus. Now, of course, me being totally blind, if I were to try to get a gun license, that would be totally pretty much impossible here in Canada. Well, anywhere in the world, I would imagine.、Uh, so, I thought to myself, "What about that childhood promise I made to myself? What about a BB gun?" So, I tentatively started researching and looking to what's available today, and to my utter amazement. The choices out there were astounding, so it was a very, very fun hobby to start.、Uh, I will talk more about that gradually、uh, in later episodes. But today, I want to quickly give you a review or show you a review I made of the first BB gun I acquired after getting back into this hobby two years ago. Hello everyone, I'm coming back with an airsoft pistol review. Today we are reviewing the Umarex Magnum Research Baby Eagle. It is a、uh, much smaller, much cheaper alternative to the Umarex Desert Eagle. The Baby Eagle will run you for maybe $45 US, and it's a lot of gun for what you pay.、Uh, it is. A functional utilitarian pistol.、Uh, it takes one CO2 cartridge to charge. The cartridge goes right into the gun grip. To get the cartridge in, you got to pull the outer shell of the grip back, like that. You slide in the cartridge, and then close up the butt of the gun, and then there's a Allen key at the bottom of the grip. That you got to screw tight. Now the gun is charged. To load the gun, there's a、uh, on the left side of the gun there is a slider. There's a、uh, spring-loaded slider that you got to pull forward, and then you load. It takes the metal BBs. Uh, not the regular plastic ones. This is a very powerful gun.、Uh, it can once you pull the slide to the front, then you can drop the BB in. It takes 16 BBs. The gun has not a lot of features. It comes with a.、Um, Pecani rail you can mount to the top of the gun, but it's not necessary. Most of this gun is plastic with metal internal parts.、Uh, it has no recoil. It's very light. It has a working safety right in front of the grip. It's between the trigger and the grip.、Uh, when you push the safety to the right, that's safe. When you push it to the left. That's fire. Once you load it with a CO2 cartridge and 16 rounds of BBs, the gun is ready to go. You don't have to cock the gun or anything. It's pretty much good to go as it is. This gun fires at 420 feet、uh, FPS. 
and it's really, really powerful. If you use it as an indoor shooter like me, make sure you have something buffering the target and the wall because the BB will go into the wall if you don't have anything buffering it. Uh, you can also tell by my little demonstration I'm going to do here that it is very loud, very powerful gun. So we'll take it off safety. Going to acquire my target and here we go. Put it on safety, pull back the slider, and then we can load it again. Uh, I don't know if you're counting my shots there. Uh, that was 16 rounds fired. Um, all I had to do was acquire a target and keep pulling the trigger. Uh, this is a very female-friendly gun. It's one of the uh, best guns, in my opinion, on the cheaper scale, which is, and it's easy to operate easy to load and easy to use by anyone uh, even those with a small hand or uh, those who don't have a lot of strength in their hand because some lower end pistol can be really hard to cock but this gun since you don't have to cock the gun uh, it's pretty much ready to go it's a semi-auto all the way one little note of uh, caution: If you do, if you use this gun, uh, depend on where you live. If where you, if uh, your area gets really cold in the winter, this gun has a tendency to uh, freeze up or leak a little bit in the winter time. All that take to fix it is to uh, before you install your CO2 cartridge, put some Pelgun oil. Uh, on the tip of the cartridge so the gun stays lubricated on the inside. Now it's loaded, we are ready to go again. Acquire target, take it off safety. The trigger pull is quite stiff in the beginning and it has a quite noticeable break you know, about the halfway point. So make sure you stiff arm the gun, otherwise the trigger break can take you by surprise and throw off your aim. As usual, any question, any comment, feel free to let me know. Now let me shoot in peace. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Johnny Tiger, your host. When I was growing up, I went to many different dojo, learned many different martial arts under many different senseis. And most of them sounded like this. But only at Richmond Martial Arts would I walk into this. Sorry. 
Hey. <laughs> Just in case I gave you a fright. There you go. Thanks. Hi, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm alright. Hi, Johnny. Hey. Hey, Johnny. How are you? Jose. Hey, how are you? Good. Lots of people there. How's it going, Johnny? How are you, Johnny? Yeah, alright. Any dojo can take your money and agree to train you. But not many of them. We'll treat you like family. Want to realize your dreams? Want to train in a friendly, professional and encouraging environment? Contact Richmond Martial Arts today at 604-241-7624. Again, that life-changing number is 604-241-7624. Visit us at http colon slash slash ww dot r i c h m o n d k i c k s dot com slash that's http colon slash slash ww dot richmond kicks dot com slash mention the Johnny Tiger Experience podcast for your free trial class. There once was a man who was passionate about baked beans but unfortunately the food always had a kind of ill effects on him if you know what I mean and one day he met and married a very lovely woman so thinking that she would never be able to put up with uh, the aftermath of his bean eating he decided to make the supreme sacrifice and stop eating baked beans one day, on his way home from work, the car broke down and he was forced to have to walk the several miles home. So, he telephoned home, told the wife he was going to be late, and started the long trek. Halfway there, he came upon a restaurant and the most delicious smell of baked beans assaulted his nostrils. Hmm, he thought. Maybe I should just have dinner here, uh, and on the long way home, I should be able to walk off most of the effect. So he went in there, ordered himself three heaping helpings of baked beans, and he farted all the way home. Upon reaching home, his wife very happily greeted him, and put a blindfold over his eyes and led him to the dining room, made him sit down, and said, Darling, I have the most amazing surprise for you. I'm glad you're finally home. But before she can continue, the phone rang, and she said, Promise me you won't peek, and rushed off to answer the phone. Now, he was a gentleman of his word, so he didn't peek, but suddenly he felt the urge coming on. Something just had to get out. So lifting one leg, he let it rip, and it was a whopper. It smelled like a rotten egg. Gagging, he 
used his napkin to quickly fan the air before him. Just as he thought everything was calming down, he felt another one coming on. So he lifted his leg again and let it out. This one sounded as loud as a diesel engine backfiring, and it smelled like something was dead inside of him. Again, gagging, he started fanning the air before him. And just as he thought it was all done and over with, he felt a third one coming on. Lifting his leg, he repeated the procedure, and this one was bad. The window shook, and the floor creaked. And a minute later, though he didn't know it at the time, the flowers on the table died. Keeping one ear on the conversation in the hallway, he continued letting farts out. Finally. His wife got done with the phone and came back in, put her arm around his shoulder, and asked him, "Did you peek?" And he said, "No, I didn't." He was the picture of innocence with his napkin back in his lap. So she said, "Okay, now here is your surprise." And she pulled the blindfold off of him, and he saw. The twelve very chagrined-looking, surprise house guests that were there for his surprise birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that must have been such embarrassment! What a way to get a birthday surprise, eh? Um, so since I got this nasty flu. And I sound like crap. I feel like crap. I'm not going to ramble on for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say that every time. For those of you、uh, who like horror stories and ghost stories, in the spirit of Halloween, I want to recommend my favorite podcast. Well, Johnny Tiger Experience is my favorite podcast, but my favorite horror podcast. Search for No the No Sleep Podcast. No Sleep is one word. And that is the best horror podcast out there. If you feel like、uh, getting scared, getting frightened, hiding under the blanket, listen to some amazing horror stories. Look for it, the No Sleep Podcast. As usual,、uh, if you have comments, feedbacks, or、uh, donation or sponsorship request.、Uh, You can send it to Johnny Tiger at Shaw dot ca. That's Johnny Tiger at shaw dot ca. You can also find me on Johnny Tiger dot com. I'm also on YouTube as Johnny Tai or Johnny Tiger. I'm on Reddit as Johnny Tai and Facebook as well. You can also find me、uh, on Google. Just Google Johnny Tai in quotation、uh, along with keywords such as martial art or self defense and voila. There I will be. Thank you for being here with me today, and hopefully, next time when I talk to you, I will sound human again.
I will